Hello. Are you a Marvel zombie? Are you craving the Disney Plus TV shows haven't been enough? Are you ready to be back in the theaters? America, other countries, catch up. Vax yourself. Vax yourself. My co-hosts are looking at me like, you're crazy. I don't know. We have this format. We're supposed to fill up this amount of time while music plays. Hopefully this is your first time to show and you know what the deal is. It's going to be great. We're back in Marvel. We're back in the theaters on. Welcome to Bob Alex show about hot takes and hot tasty pancakes where we're back in theaters, Marvel fans. Man, I like a woman who kills her husband. <laughs> okay. All right. Not where I thought it was like going. the definition of but, Black uh, Widow. <laughs> Also doesn't I mean, I mean yeah okay that's, that's, I, I see it I see it now okay <laughs> there's a there's a there's a line of thought there I, I got it All right, that was a terrible opening I'm so sorry loyal listeners uh, this is Pop Alex I'm your host Christian and I'm joined by my two best friends Chris Conkling and Brian Dupree and on the show what do we do well we have our we have our weekly uploads which is where you can find us talking about the latest goings on in pop culture but this is the main topic episode where we uh, we review a film we usually theme our months as you heard our opening. Uh, main theme uh, stuff. This is a new month. We were on hiatus for the uh, in, in, in observance of uh, Christian being drunk in Missouri and <laughs> us, uh, <laughs> us, us taking a break from the show. But we have a little bit of an awkward month here, but we're going to be talking about uh, this this episode, uh, which is the main topic, which I try not to say, even though you clicked on the title and you know it. Uh, we are going to be talking about Loki, and then uh, we're going to figure out something else to talk about at the end of the month. We'll see what happens. But this episode, my goodness, finally, we're back at theaters, and uh, this Marvel movie has been delayed <laughs> for a year due to the pandemic, and it is available on Disney+, Plus as well as movie theaters, and it is Black Widow. You don't know everything about me. I've lived a lot of lives before I was an Avenger, before I got this family. I made mistakes choosing between what the world wants you to be. And who you are. back to where it all started where did you think i was all this time that is from the trailer of black widow directed by kate shortland written by eric pearson the score by lorna balfe am i pronouncing that right balf 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 yeah definitely it sounds like a dutch man balf lorne balf lorne balf the budget of $200 million, it grossed $88 million its first weekend and is very much on the climb. It's probably more than that at this point, based on what we're seeing, and based on when this comes out, of course. Uh, and it stars Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pug. Pugh. Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. David Harbour, O.T. Fajbini, William Hurt, Roy Winston, and Rachel Wise. So we got some newcomers to the marvel cinematic universe um and what are we gonna be talking about before uh because this movie just came out as per usual we will not be spoiling it we're gonna do our overall impressions of the film we've talked at length about our history with the marvel films we have a whole 
phase one, two, and three recap, as well as an end game like super discussion. That's like four hours. You can check out our backlogs. Um, so we're just going to talk about this film before spoilers. And then uh, once we jump into spoiler talk, we will talk about our favorite moments and some uh, uh, some spoiler thoughts on on this movie in the context of the MCU. But let's delay no further. Uh, Chris, we're going to start with you. Uh, you're the biggest Marvel fanboy here. Um, you literally said that they're your uh, favorite team or something. I didn't know there was teams in like film universes. But. I'm just equating it to like a sports team. Like you get excited when things that you like do well, you know? We're sitting recording this in your room uh, as, a, as it is a special occasion. And uh, you have about 800 figurines. And I would say like 85% of them are Marvel related. And yeah, just I, to be clear, the ones here are a small portion from what I understand from what I've seen from the rest of the house. <laughs> the displayed ones are only a small section. Yeah. Uh, the, I do have some packed because my wife and I are currently in the process of moving. So you would be right. <laughs> so you're a big Marvel fanboy. You're going to have the brightest opinion on any of these movies as per usual, which is expected. We're not mad at you about it. If you are mad, popmolluckscast at gmail.com. Yell at me about my personal tastes. Yeah, or throw it in the comments on YouTube. You just fight about it, you know? Get out. Where's the DCU head? Snyder Cut. Release the Snyderverse. Or whatever the current hashtag is. (laughs) (laughs) We're not talking DCU. We're talking Black Widow. It's been a while. You've been seeing the Disney Plus shows. You're all amped up. You're back in theaters. Second movie back in theaters. That Marvel logo plays... Christian gives a little hoorah. That was a great moment. And I the have to say, exploded. So Christian good. really kind of like incited our entire theater uh, by giving a little woo at the very end of the the Marvel fanfare. Because you could feel it. You yeah, could feel it. Was it so exciting in the theater. You could feel it playing. I, it took Brian's, a moment though. It took a moment for people to like register that you had done that, but then give in to their feelings and just like scream applause, you know? like screams. full blown applause after the Marvel logo. Yeah, that was that was a fun moment. Definitely. And then smash cut backstory. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, your thoughts on Black Widow? So, uh, I've had the opportunity to see the film twice now. And I have to say, I, I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Um, I think that it is, it isn't like mind-blowing, high-tier Marvel. You know, it's not, and it's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be um, what I would call like an event film, you know? Whereas Endgame and Infinity War are kind of like the conclusion of a giant comic book crossover, this is supposed to be a standalone, very contained film, right? Uh, And it's long overdue as well. Black Widow should have had her own film a decade ago. But uh, what I really like about this movie is that I think it provides some of the most visceral and well choreographed fight scenes that we've ever seen in the MCU, even compared to like the Winter Soldier. Like when the Winter Soldier came out, we we were like, well, that that seems wow. pretty intense. Um, but I think these were more adult than we've ever seen in the MCU before. I really like the family dynamic between, uh, you know, Natasha Romanoff and Elena Belova, and then uh, Melina and Alexei as well. They have this very nice, sweet kind of chosen family unit, or maybe forced family unit is a better way to describe it. Uh, so so yeah, I, the. There is a lot to like about this movie. It does have its flaws. I think the CGI is lacking in a couple of places. It didn't seem, again, like it was the highest quality Marvel has to offer. But I think the performances are well done. Scarlett Johansson, as always, is delivering. And then Florence Pugh and David Harbour are just fucking standouts in this film. Like, I'm, I'm very excited that, it, at the very least, Florence Pugh is going to be continuing in the MCU. 
we don't know how far David Harbour is going to be moving along. But uh, both of them gave great performances. David Harbour is very charming and funny and uh, a joy to watch in the movie. But yeah, it had some good action set pieces. Uh, it, it was it was a fun time at the theater. Brian, how do you feel? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I had a great time with this movie. I think, like you said, Scarlett Johansson, she's been great throughout this series. Um, I really appreciated getting her backstory and getting her some of... I felt the emotional stuff in this movie actually played pretty well, given how many new characters we had in the short amount of time to find out who they are and and their backstory. Um, I can't say enough about uh, Florence Pugh and David Harbour adding a beautiful levity and joking tone to this movie, even some like meta jokes about Scarlett Johansson as, um, well... Um, Natasha Romanoff as someone who has known the world over and who have who people have seen on screen. She's like making fun of it. Yeah, feels as, very meta. as uh, Yelena Belova puts it as a girl that or as a woman that little girls worship in the film. Right. You know, being an Avenger and all. Yeah, so I, I really appreciated how because it's this kind of backstory, self-contained, it can make fun and f- poke fun at the Marvel universe in a bit. And I'm always there for for meta jokes. Um, I think the plot, it does a really good job of, like you said, it's not an event movie, but it is big enough in scale that the stakes feel real. And especially with where the movie starts and kind of the uh, underlying implications of what the Black Widow is and what the Red Room is and what the villain is doing. It's pretty dark. So to your point about like dark themes, it doesn't always lean into it, but it's always underneath this childhood trauma um, trafficking of people. Um, it's, there's, they're doing a lot there. And even when the movie gets, you know, Marvel absurd, I still had a lot of fun and I'm excited to see, like, I would like to see David Harbour and Florence Pugh both in, in future Marvel movies, even Rachel Weiss. Um, you know, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but before the, the movie, I pointed this out to Christian. I thought this was really interesting. There was a trailer for a rated R film in our screening, prior to going into the film. And I was like, that's really weird considering that Marvel movies are usually aimed more toward like, I don't know, children, young adults, you know, and of course adults as well. It's essentially young adult. Right. Basically. But you know, watching this movie, I was thinking to myself, this is the first time in a theater where I don't think I would take someone younger than like 13 to, to go see a Marvel movie. Like really? for, for a lot, I feel like Infinity they, War is they, pretty dark. I don't you know. There's know, some dark uh, stuff. In maybe, that. but the, they talk about some things in this movie and some some ideas and concepts are presented that I don't know if I would want to present to anybody younger than maybe like 12 or 13. Yeah. You know? Uh, and that's the first team, time I've ever really considered that in a Marvel film. And yeah, there's been like cursing and stuff in the Marvel films before, but in right. terms of like conceptual things, yeah. like presenting ideas to children for real things that exist in the world, real atrocities that take place in the world sure uh i don't know if i would recommend like younger than 12 but that's just my personal opinion yeah so just to wrap up on non-spoilers i would say this is probably middle of the road mcu for me the way christian talks about it this very much hits that bar of being enjoyable enough for me to have not regretted seeing it i'll probably watch it again at some point in the future and yeah it's it's enjoyable as enjoyable as it needs to be without being mind-blowing i think right Yeah, I think that's a good summation. I think this movie is such a mixed bag of things that are really working and things that really aren't. Uh, I think uh, off of first viewing, just the the set pieces leave so much to be desired from a movie like this. Uh, 
where I think you get some of the best hand-to-hand combat in Winter Soldier, any of the Russo Brothers stuff, even the, the Marvel series that came out. There's better action set pieces in Captain Falcon Man, um, Winter, Winter Boy, uh, the, the, that Disney Plus show. Uh, the, the set pieces in that show are far and away way better than this. And that show is not even that great, in my opinion. But the set pieces are at least more interesting. These have a lot more CG, and there's not a lot of stuff that's really well thought out. Um, in my opinion, as far as like just being interesting, it's just like an uninteresting mess of CG that's happening, you know, 70% of the time. There's a couple of memorable moments, but nothing to, to write home about. And then on top of that, you're looking at the story that's propelling all these event, you know, it's an event film where you should have all these big explosions and stuff. And we expect that is a mixed bag. I mean, you're getting, you're getting really great stuff from David Harbour. You're getting Rachel Vise is, in my opinion, a little underutilized for how good she is in this yeah. film. Um, you're also getting, and I looked up the pronunciation. It is, it is uh, O.T. Fag Fagbenley, Fagbenley, and uh, he's underutilized. He shows up, and he's you automatically like this guy's on fire, and he's barely in it, which is such a maybe for like five minutes total. He's in yeah, the movie, maybe. and he's he's got charisma. He's he does he's great. Uh, yeah. he brings great comic moments, and he's got great chemistry with Scarlett Johansson. He does. Yeah, he does. For sure. And as much as I do like uh, uh, Florence Pugh as Yelena and I really think this movie is a vehicle to kind of sell her on as a character to potentially replace Black Widow. She'll be the Black Widow moving forward. Exactly. Um I think it did, I think it did a serviceable job setting that up, but I re- I think she's okay, but sh- her and Scarlett Johansson never felt really that enigmatic that you feel between Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans in the Winter Soldier film or even as she has in this film with uh with Rick Mason as the character. Really? Yeah. I felt yeah. like the two of them had like a very real sibling dynamic. And I mean that's hard for me to say I don't have siblings but like just it, it seemed like a genuine younger and older sister dynamic. Sure. The younger sister being a little more antagonistic and and the older sister kind of just like rolling with those antagonistic punches, you know, like I think it mostly works. It just doesn't feel, I don't think, as good as stuff that's happening in this film and that's happened elsewhere in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, and the character of Black Widow, as has been the case for the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe up until probably Infinity War and Endgame, I just feel is still like, I mean, she gets some cool moments, so it's, it's not it's not all terrible, but it's just such a mixed bag. It's just not a complete whole thing. I put this firmly, firmly in Ant-Man and the Wasp territory of films that wow. are, uh, okay. uh, you know... For, for what it could have been, there, there's so many cool ideas going on, and I just think it's a mixed bag, uh, which is a little disappointing. I do want to say, I'm trying to find the, the actress's name, but the actress who played young uh, Florence Pugh was incredible casting, and I totally believed that was... Violet McGraw. Violet McGraw was amazingly cast as a younger version of Florence and Pugh. And I think, um, while, while we're talking about the younger casting, I think... Um, Mila Jovovich's daughter played a young Natasha Romanoff, if I'm oh, correct. Oh, really? Okay. Ever Anderson. Ever Anderson is her name. Both of them were, were really good as well. I thought um, the movie starting there, I think I was maybe a bit sweeter on it than, than you guys were, but I thought it started off like pretty emotionally heavy. It didn't start oh, yeah, where I, I thought it would, and then it took us to some like immediately like some pretty heavy places. Loved right the off beginning the of the movie. Loved it. So yeah, I, I just I just think overall it's a bit it's it's all the meh it's all the meh of a Marvel film and it just really disappoints with the spectacle for me because it's like mm. I think the characters are serviceable enough that if the spectacle is good it's like cool I'm totally down yeah uh, but there are some straight up like bad shots in weird shots that we'll get into like when we think favorite moments I'm gonna talk about goofs of like this is just silly stuff and I directly compare it to 
also thematically i compare it to f9 and i'm like f9 had better set pieces than this and the story is just as ridiculous we only care more because these characters are more well established right that's what it comes down to and better fleshed out in this movie as as in connected to like other other films but to me there my big takeaway is I saw F9 last week. I saw this movie and I think they're equally good and bad. <laughs> like, I think it's, it's perfect. Like we are back in it. Like we're back in the theaters. This is America's. This is the, this is the, <laughs> the standard state of American cinema. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I Yikes. can't argue with that. Unfortunately. Um, which is, uh, leaving a little bit to be desired in a couple different ways, especially since like, I'll wait till spoilers. I've, I've rambled enough, but yeah, I give it a, I give it a huge meh. Didn't, didn't hate it for sure. And there, there's Let, enough here that it's worth seeing. So there, there is a question I, Danny Lopez, he's been on our show before, went to the theater to see the movie with us. And one of the questions that I asked him on the way home was, and loyal listeners, you can take this however you want, but I think they're, they're, it's fair to compare these two films. Um, did you like this movie more than Captain Marvel? In terms of female-led Marvel pictures, mm-hmm. which did you prefer more? I personally enjoyed this more than Captain Marvel. And yes, that probably comes down to the fact that I'm closer to the Natasha Romanoff character. We've seen more of her in the MCU. But I think in terms of quality overall, I think this is a better film than Captain Marvel was. How do you guys feel about that comparison? Like, where where would you... It's tough because I think if you took the the story of this film and then the set pieces of Captain Marvel, I think it would be the best female led superhero movie because Captain Marvel, I think spectacly has some very memorable moments and she's just a more interesting character with kind of her power set. Um, but I'd say overall, I probably take this one over for very similar reasons. Um, that, and I don't think Brie, Brie Larson didn't have a lot to go off of. That was as good. Like she had CG young Sam Jackson, <laughs> right? <laughs> just didn't yeah. have, uh, which is great. It was it was fine, but you didn't have that new you know you have a lot of new faces in here and a lot of faces we know from other things. I think there's there's more characters in this film that are that make it worth coming back to. And yeah, yeah so I, I think I'd probably I think I like uh, Captain Marvel more than most people did at the time. But I think the difference here is that Black Widow, even though it has kind of a big scale at times, we know where our lead character goes in the future. So right. it can only be so big. Whereas Captain Marvel, not only is she one of the most overpowered. Uh, characters in the MCU. They're also trying to reset a lot of things in her movie and create a lot of, a lot of bigger lore that is going to have implications later. So I just think it's it's, a much, it's trying to do a lot more. And because of that, um, it takes a bigger swing, but because of that, maybe doesn't land all the, the punches that it's trying to throw. So I'd probably say on first watch, I prefer Black Widow as well. I'd say they're pretty equal, though, on my level of, man, can they please just nail one of these movies a lot better yeah, and make it top yeah. tier? It's really sad. Um, but let's move on. We'll move on into spoilers starting now. Uh, so here's the bumper. So what were some of our favorite memorable moments from this? Brian, let's start with you. I just want to come back to all of the comedic bits. Uh, Florence Pugh commenting on the classic Scarlett Johansson pose and that mm-hmm. coming back multiple times. That sort of stuff made me, to your point earlier, they felt like sisters, just like giving each other shit, knowing how to push each other's buttons. Um, so I really liked all of the, the stuff between them. David Harbour, even though he starts off as we, the way we're presented to him, it seems like he's more than willing on some level to just give away his daughters. And 
um, in as far as they are his daughters. But seeing his character fleshed out after spending all this time in prison, uh, wanting to relive his glory days, and then really feeling heavy guilt about what he's done to his daughters and repeatedly trying to express that to them, and it just ends up being a gag <laughs> in itself, that I thought was really well done. That and is a great payoff at the end, though, where, he where Natasha Romanoff it. is like, do you, have something, do you to say? have something to say? And he's like, I would just mess it up. And he just holds his hand out to hold her hand. <laughs> It, it's just, it's, it's so a good sweet. Like, it's the best parts of this movie. Are, I is think that, so. Is, the, is their family dynamic. Agreed. That goes through, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say that for me are are the standouts. Um, the action, I am in agreement that there wasn't really any standout action set pieces that I was I'm really... surprised to hear you guys say that. Because my opinion is, I mean, in terms of like big action, I agree with you. Like the set pieces aren't as grand i think is what we've seen before but yeah. like this is some of the best fight choreography we've ever seen i don't know any dude Count- the hand-to-hand combat is insane in next time movie, you watch bro. watch um and there are a lot of cuts that happen but if you look at what the russo brothers did with winter soldier they had the dude from the raid redemption come on and help them do hand-to-hand and there's so much visceral things in this there's some cool moments but it's just if just start counting cuts just start counting cuts chris when you're watching any of these All actions right. you're up to 100 i did this in the the worst of the fast and furious movies when we were watching the last one together, we were playing a game where we'd yell cuts and it just got It'd to be like, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And that's how this felt. And it, it's frustrating. You know, we mentioned this on the weekly upload from watching an old Godard film, which is like you will watch a scene for five minutes. And action set pieces for me are similar. Like the more you can get in that one take mm-hmm. and like just let it linger and let us see what's happening. And it's also like the I think it's competently done. Clearly, this movie's made by professional movie makers. But there are sometimes when it's like the angle switches to like points of like where it feels aggressively um, like there's speed bumps along the way of enjoying what's happening where it's like I'm just frustrated. Maybe I'm getting old. You know, maybe that's an old person way of looking at it. But it's like I honestly am like I'm not looking at Scarlett Johansson and uh, and the other actors like fighting each other. I'm looking at a bunch of stunt doubles, hidden cuts. I was going to ask mm, about this. Okay. I know you've talked in the past about Scarlett Johansson not doing a lot of her own um, fighting. Was that noticeable here? Yeah, I mean, it's, and that's how they cut it. Like whenever yeah. they're being thrown over, we don't see the face. And again, like I get it. And then she's 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 she is getting older. I still think she looks like she looks better she than looks I've great. ever seen her, by the way. <laughs> like, oh. She's still like just one of the most beautiful actions ever. <laughs> Um, she looks great and I, when she's in the shot, it's great, but there's, there's just so much of it with these hidden cuts and it's just frustrating. I, I never felt really connected to the action and the hand to hand stuff. I, I, I would say for my money, the winter soldier, captain Falcon boy, that series that think of the scene when they're all on top of like the moving trucks, that's better than anything that happens hand to hand in this movie. Yeah. I, I, I probably agree with that. That's, okay. that's up there for me. That's fair. That, that was a really solid, solid scene. I don't mind the scene where they're fighting in their house, like the the house scene. Like, I think that's pro- that's probably my favorite one. But, thinking back right now yeah. is when they first meet up and just already seeing the dynamic between them through how they're fighting each other. What about the scene when all the Black Widows are converging on Natasha? That's the probably end? the highlight. And even still, like take both of those scenes, it does not hold a candle to the scene where Bucky and uh, Captain America are in where the German police are coming in Civil War. And he's got the shield and he pops scene. the grenade and then they go oh, down the staircase. Oh. It's like that's... That's it's that's well the bar. That's, that's one the, of the best moments in the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a it real well high bar. That's, I'm not going to deny that's that. That's the freaking bar, right? And yeah, yeah. you know, to not like to, for me, like that's what you should be comparing yourself to when you're when you're going out to 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 make a scene like that. And it doesn't all have to be that way. I mean, again, you said it's one of the best shots, but like 
it just isn't even close. It's like not for me. It's not even even doesn't hold a candle. I still think the film's more visceral than anything that we've seen in the MCU before. There's a scene where Black Widow literally slams her face against like a concrete desk to break her nose. That was not and there's easy to watch. A lot yeah. of blood, more blood than we typically see in an MCU movie. I don't know. They like in that one scene that I was referencing in Civil War. They literally take one of those police batons and like <laughs> beat people's heads in and throw them. But downstairs. there's no blood. You're right. She does have a bloody nose, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Her nose. She gets a nosebleed. <laughs> no, but that that moment is like. There's whoa. a scene where Black Widow falls from a huge height and she's laying on the ground with a visibly broken leg. We see, we see, we do David Harbor crush somebody's arm and he picks it up and and the the oh, arm kind of like dangles for so a moment gross. this cool. is the most visceral mcu movie that him in prison is just great as well but but, <laughs> but i don't think it it's shows consistent. more damage than any other mcu film i has. disagree because it's not consistent i mean it has this problem with all Mar- i'll put this blanket on all, all marvel movies which is we we see scarlett johansson fall off a building it's like eight stories she hits her head she hits her back that was ridiculous she hits three moment. times and then lands on her feet like nothing happened that so was ridiculous when shit like that happens it's like okay the that's yeah. the most egregious one though that moment, I would agree that's the you. one that i realized was bad and yeah. i don't i don't Dude, look at this all stuff the well. bones in her legs would have been broken right. the way even even Spinal though she column. like was kind yeah. of stopped along the way like With the, her neck. the thud that you hear <laughs> when her two legs hit the ground simultaneously like shattered i agree with you completely yeah I, and it's like again we're comparing it's 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 a hard I, I get you there's a lot of like moments where they show like people's arms hurt and stuff but i mean Spoiler alert for uh, the end game. It's like Robert John- half of Robert Downey Jr.'s face is like blown off. <laughs> like that is honestly the most graphic part in all of the MCU as we see our hero like completely charred on one side. So I, I think it's been and-, and in the Captain America movies, I think there's there's brutal things that happen. And it's not like, yeah, we saw the guy's arm break, but we didn't see bones sticking out. You know what I'm saying? That. He's sure. limped. Like he literally just limping. It's it still pretty PG-13. floppy, bro. It was <laughs> disgustingly pretty, floppy. Pretty flaccid <laughs> yeah. hand there. It's it's fully broken. So just in terms of my last uh, favorite thing, I think conceptually, um, I mentioned it a bit in non-spoilers, but just this idea of um, girls being stolen and trafficked around the world mm-hmm. on top of – so we talked about Winter Soldier a bit. So – that was a, a form of mind control that is kind of like the old school Manchurian candidate Pavlovian sort of mind control. And this is introducing us to like the next step. Chemical. Chemical, biological induced, yeah. mind control. So I thought that was a cool next step in um, showing her past while also giving us a new take on mind control in the MCU. Totally agree. Ner- I'm not normally the person to lay down like, hey, let's look deep into the lore here, but I'm going to do it. Let's go. The serum a dust that fixes their mind control state mm-hmm. it's like it's it looks like um wanda wanda's powers okay i don't i don't think that's the case it does Visu- look like visually it. i see where you're coming from though yeah it it had the same as soon as it happened it looked like when ever uh she mind controls people you know and, right their eyes would like glow a little bit mm-hmm. yeah I, I totally and when the bird that. shows up and's like flapping away her her dust when she can't do magic on the bird in wandavision this is a uh this is maybe a spoiler for wandavision but i agree what i'm saying it does look it similar. visually it looks very similar but you don't think there's any connection to i don't her cosmic yeah powers. i think that's just a coincidence and so a who made this choice. who made the serum they don't uh i have no idea they don't say in the film mm. Right? They don't explicitly state that in the movie, I don't think. They do not. But we'll see. We'll see if that that becomes a you know plot point later on in the MCU. Probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> don't Probably. hold your breath. Chris, uh, especially around that dust, it'll save you. 
Yeah, right. From mind control. <laughs> uh, Chris, what, what are some of your favorite moments? Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I really love the the opening maybe 15 minutes of this movie a whole lot. When we see, um, you know, Natasha and Yelena and Melina and Alexei functioning as a, a standard Midwest family in 1995. Um, it's just fun to watch those, those actors interact with one another and the characters interact with one another. And they really do seem like they love each other. But not mm. only that, I really love the opening credits sequence. Uh, of this movie and yes we're always joking all the time about like new artists taking old rock songs and then slowing them down into like sadder songs maybe basically. out of choir and there's a there's a cover of smells like teen spirit at the very beginning of this movie that i do like but it is funny that this is becoming like a cliche and honestly it feels out of place because you think so the movie doesn't feel as that serious you know because it's a marvel movie. and listen i'm it, i'm glad that they have the jokes because that honestly as serious the the montage we see at the very beginning, to Brian's point, is little girls being abducted, experimented on, and killed. Yeah, and to then, become super spies. In the same movie, you have you have the Midwest family. This is, this is my biggest gripe of the whole movie, by the way. I was telling Brian, and it's fair. <laughs> uh, David Harbour's character is at the beginning of the movie with a very very clean American accent. Yeah, you know, because they don't reveal that you know they're uh, Russian, the Americans essentially. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then. As the film progresses, he has what Marvel's known for, which is a very uh, horrible foreign accent. Natasha and uh, what's the, the, from it's Wanda and Pietro with their Sokovian accents, right? But Bull, Rocky and Bullwinkle type uh, <laughs> Boris and Natasha. Boris and Natasha, yes, yes. like he's very thick Russian accent. And at one point he goes, and then I make toilet on my toe or something like that. And you're like, my father his- make toilet on my <laughs> and, hands. And it's like. That guy knows how to say, I went to the bathroom on my feet. Like, it, that the smells like teen spirit, slow cover, girls getting abducted, lives in the same universe as, I went to the toilet on my feet. Right, right. And that's my problem with it, is that it's hard to justify that kind of extreme opening. And oh my God. In terms of setting the tone for where Natasha sure. and Elena come from, mm-hmm. though, and how tragic their childhood was, right. I think it does it very well. I like the sequence. I don't know if I like the sequence in this Marvel in movie. In the same movie. <laughs> okay. In the same movie as okay. those things happening. Because okay. it's a very serious thing. And can you imagine? I'm already very interested to go search the QAnon rabbit hole YouTube verse for uh, <laughs> what this movie means. And is that, uh, anyway, it's a whole other rabbit hole. But. I also really like, in, in that opening 15 minutes, also speaking to like the usage of songs in, in that opening sequence, I like that Yelena's favorite song, while she's like six years old in America, is American Pie. Okay, wait a it's, second. It's talking about like you know the destruction of the American dream and like the death sure. of uh, American ideology. And during this scene, they're driving by like like high school football fields mm-hmm. and like all this Americana. Yeah, and it just suits the moment very well. It considering does. that Natasha and Yelena have grown up for three years now in America, they've been very uh, comfortable, and now they're ha- having to go back to Russia. Um, and enter, you know, the Red Room, which is going to be the complete opposite, you know, the death of their American dream, basically. Yeah. So I thought that was a good idea. I got to say, yeah. in terms of American Pie, um, my, one of my favorite moments when uh, Florence Pugh, David Harbour is trying to relate to Florence Pugh uh-huh. and remind her that he actually cares about her and he starts singing the song. I was I was near tears in that moment. That was moment. really, really, really sweet, I think. Yeah. It is nice. And then immediately we need some Marvel action. Of course. <laughs> right. it's, it's interrupted. And that yeah. that's the way the kind of the set piece is played for me overall was like, and you're bored? Are you bored? We hope not. Let's throw in some like 
not interesting action scenes for some of it. Yeah, but the the family dynamic was was definitely I think the most captivating part of the whole film for me. I, I just enjoyed watching these people interact with oh, each other. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I think one of my favorite moments was uh, when they go to the, you know, they meet Rachel Weisz's character for the first time since the beginning. And they're at the farm and with the, she's telling her how she's controlling the pigs. Right. And what a tense Holy moment. shit. Yes. It's it so tense. It is tense. And this is where the tone is working really well for me and where, like, I want to spend more time with the family drama. And it's like, make just a couple of action set pieces and make them really good. But this is the eternal struggle with Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, but like that scene works so well. And when she's like, she na- she calls the pig Alexi. Alexi. And he's like, <laughs> you named pig after me. It's so good. And it's like, you don't see the resemblance. <laughs> and they try, I had made a joke about like Scarlett Johansson pulling off her face mask and really being another Loki. Before we went into the movie. Before Christian we went into the movie. Joke, yeah. <laughs> and of course we've got face mask, which they try to play up this like ending scene. That is the spy thing. Like they try to add some spy thriller stuff. And yeah, I have to say, and, and I'm usually the one of the three of us that like knows most about the movie before mm-hmm. we go in. Yeah. I did not see that coming and I did not know that was going to happen. So I was genuinely surprised when Natasha pulled off the face masks and it, it wasn't uh, Melina after all. It was her confronting mm-hmm. Drakov. I will say that I really do love the Drakov, uh, Scarlett Johansson back and forth. That stuff is really good. I like yeah. that they took some time and that it ends with her breaking her own nose to get over the pheromones. What is it? Cut the nerve? What is the... Cut the nerve. Yeah. Oh, God. And I'm like, what? Freak- I didn't know what, what it meant, but it freaked that, me out anyway. Mess that up. Yeah, and, and for our <laughs> listeners... knocks herself out. She has to do it again. <laughs> right. Continuously pounding. For our listeners, every Black Widow is programmed to not be able to hurt Drakeoff based on, like, smelling his pheromones. Yeah. So she has to sever... Uh, I, I guess break her nose or sever the nerve so she can no longer smell his pheromones and she's able to touch him. I think that's a cool moment. And I, yeah, it, I I love that break because it is it is it is a uh, a, a foreshadow to what they could do with these movies because there is this great like think about thematically what that whole scene's about. It's about a man who's controlling a network of like right. women that he's taking advantage of. Like it's all there. And the movie does a little bit with it, right? And that scene is really the best we get out of her, like, not even being able to hurt him and having to, like, hurt herself in order to, uh, like, engage uh, in conflict. I thought she was actually going to just destroy his computer. Yeah, I thought she had, I actually thought she had already, when they're like, you have to sever the nerve. I was like, oh, they just went in and snipped it. You know, they could have just, because sever the nerve, I didn't know, like, you could. I was not ready for her to smash her face. (laughs) Like, I definitely wasn't That was awesome. Yeah. No, it was pretty badass. I will say. Scarlett Johansson is a badass in this movie. Over the like, I, oh, yeah. I personally think more badass. And again, I'm getting back to this thing where like I think it's more visceral than other MCU movies. But I think she's most badass in this movie out of anything that she's been in right. in the MCU. And and she's had a lot of awesome moments. But like, I think she's doing the most here in this film. <sighs> I don't know. There's a lot of badass moments for Black Widow. I think most of her best moments, besides this showdown she has, are in other movies. 100%. Okay. Like Iron Man 2, she comes in and slides down that, like when she's kind of introduced. I think her introduction in Iron, uh, it's Iron Man 2, right? Yes. Is really cool. I think she's really cool in that movie. Um, I think back to like her stuff in even the Avengers movie. She's got a lot of cool hand-to-hand stuff there. And then of course- I'm not saying that like th- those aren't amazing moments. They're all better than most of the moments besides the showdown but between when she, all the Black Widows come in and she kind of fights them off. That is That is very cool. That is- up there with favorite moments. I just like think the, again, this movie is fighting an uphill battle. It's got to fight against all these other things, but for my money, 
she's mostly most of her best scenes are in, in other pictures but it's cool that she gets this one it has it i think that saves the movie i think we can agree on that 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 is like peak cool i do not want to see black widow fall down like eight flights of stairs and then like land on her feet That's- about like thirty thousand feet <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so we have to get chris did you have any more favorite moments i know i had but uh, n- um, there is a comedic moment that I thought was really funny and again is ca- is kind of strange that it's in the same movie as the Smells Like Teen Spirit song that we were talking about, about child, earlier. child abduction yep. right um, and you know along with conversations about like uh, what hysterectomies and shit like just removing okay that was some of the most graphic stuff like yeah, and, it has to be yeah 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 that. for sure but the gag is uh, after they have rescued Alexi from a Russian prison He's like, we need to go to St. Petersburg. And Elena's like, I don't think we have enough gas in the helicopter to get to St. Petersburg. Yes. And he's like, we definitely do. Let's just do it. And then immediately cuts to the helicopter crashing in the middle of the <laughs> Russian countryside. And again, it's it's a very funny moment and super wacky. And I laughed out loud in the theater. But I will agree with you. It's weird that that Looney Tunes thing is also in the same movie as like child abduction. It's also so, like looks like shit. That it does. <laughs> and, and I'm sure Christian and I are going to have a conversation at some point about the uh, the CGI in this movie. But. Yeah, no, we can we can go into that now. And um, I also before, before I want to make sure we talk about Taskmaster at some point. Oh no, no, oh my god, we have to talk about. Uh, well, Brian, go first. Well, I was just gonna say, um, and this may go against stuff that Kevin Feige has said, but seeing Julia Louis Dreyfus pop up at the end of this movie, oh, yeah. that was unexpected and, yeah. and a cool a cool kind of hint about Florence Pugh continuing on. In, Madame in Hydra's original appearance was supposed to be in this movie. Interesting. Okay. Her, her cameo in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to come after we saw her in this movie. But because I think it still both scenes really are well. so yeah. interchangeable, yeah. it doesn't really matter. It doesn't rely you know, she on She introduces timing. herself in both... Well, no, she didn't introduce herself in this scene, but she did in but The Falcon implied, and the Winter Soldier. But it's implied. There's kind of implications right. about her doing work for her. Yeah. yeah, but this one was supposed to come... Sorry, I keep hitting the mic. This one was supposed to come first. Fix it in post. Uh, you know what they didn't fix in post? It, you know, th- th- this goes against uh, something I'd mentioned after we watched the show, uh, after we watched the movie. It was like, there's always this thing about the crunch that these, these studios have to go through. And uh, with uh, how the uh, the CG is always, um, is always made. And if you don't know kind of what the Marvel machine looks like, uh, to my knowledge, and if you know any more about this, popoxcast at gmail.com, but to my knowledge, the way they kind of organize these is that they will kind of hire up different companies for each action set piece or maybe a company does um does a a couple of them or something and as they're going through production they get these these really um really uh just the bones of what the animation is going to look like and they kind of develop from there and add detail and one of the complaints has always been oh they're always coming down to the wire i mean even on uh captain falcon winter soldier boy they were (laughs) You can't. You cannot say the name for some. Winter reason. Falcon, Captain America, man. Falcon and the Winter Soldier Boy. Tell him. <laughs> <laughs> you know they were saying, "Oh, we finished the CGI a week ago." You know, right? And so all these houses are doing this, and really, the last thing is the adjusting for lighting. And I think there's a there's a little bit of misnomers as far as like what they can fix like it has to be shot in a certain way for all the practical stuff they did to make to actually blend the cg in a a good way like you have to kind of plan it from the start i think we need some more clouds around the floating city in the sky (laughs) yeah to hide (laughs) handful more clouds and maybe dr strange just toss dr strange (laughs) somewhere in the background but for the shots that are not in camera like there's a ton of shots here that are not characters in camera 
Um, you know, one of the complaints has been they just haven't had enough time. This film was delayed a year. So is it possible, though, that they just have a cutoff point where it's like we're, we're not putting any more money into this? It's been delayed so long. They're but that's what to, I'm saying. You know? It's just being cheap. Like, uh, let's at the end of the day, okay, it's fair Disney yeah. just being cheap with with not giving these animation studios more time or even like the, the right start. These movies make so much fucking money. OK, and they are pure spectacle and like they are put. This is what, um, you know, Industrial Light and Magic and all these other effects studios put out. And like this is these people's work and portfolio, like give them more time and resources. Like, why do you, why are you OK with this? Like you have such a high bar. And, and like you have the most popular film franchise series, why does shit look like dog crap in in your films? It is it to me it's unac- it's unacceptable. I agree. I but I think <laughs> and I know that it's hard to make movies. It is. You got Disney money, and this is the most popular film franchise. I also think this is unacceptable on like a whole other level. In that Scarlett Johansson has dedicated ten years to right. this fucking franchise, right. and this is her this is going to be her one and only mm-hmm. solo film, and yet. This has probably some of the worst CGI that I've seen from Marvel mm. in a very, very long time. There, there have been some things here and there, but like overall, the quality of the CG, I was actually almost like taken aback in the theater as we were watching it. I was like, this doesn't look super polished at all. And you're right, it comes down to the way things that are lit in certain scenes. Like the helicopter doesn't look like it's lit correctly when it's falling out of the sky. Like it doesn't look like it's supposed to be there. I akin it to, there's an app you can get that the G, uh, Bad Robot put out, J.G. Abrams Studio, where you can like film something and it will just add a CG effect. Mm-hmm. And it actually looks pretty good for like being like a phone app. Um, that's what the helicopter crash looked like. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. I just feel like it's kind of disrespectful to her as an artist and, and someone who's given them so much of her life. She was a producer on this film too. She was. Um, she was. Let me, let me ask you guys something because I... I'm not as savvy in terms of recognizing this stuff. And I was not nearly as taken out of it as you guys were. Once you told me about some of the things I, I I'm in agreement that it's not, it's definitely not top tier, but what did you think of the breakout of jail scene? Cause that was actually, we didn't bring it up in favorite moments, but I thought that was a pretty fun scene and it yeah. didn't look incredible, but was that one of the worst? That wasn't moments? one of the offenders for me. Okay. No, no. One of the worst examples is when the, there's a floating city that's falling and Scarlett Johansson jumps off and there's a fully CGI Scarlett Johansson and it looks like she doesn't have a face. Wow. Literally okay. doesn't yeah. look like she has a face. That's there's terrible. also the scene, uh, Right before she jumps off the platform where Yelena is like stabbing the staff into Drakov's helicopter to blow it up. Yeah. It just looks unfinished. Like you can kind of still see the lines around the actresses, even Scarlett Johansson. It cuts to her at one point with like the flying city crumbling behind her. And you can almost see the green screen lines around them. Okay, um, that's unacceptable. And, yeah. <laughs> and it, it reminded me of um the uh, the scene from Tomorrow Never Dies with when he's like surfboarding. Oh my God, on the ice wave or whatever? On the ice wave. (laughs) Like there there were parts where you could just, oh, I can see her in a rig. Yeah. With this green screen behind her. It's like, there's also, what are you doing? You've, you have teams that have made this shit look so awesome. And like short shrift. Yeah. That, that whole sequence, basically that whole final sequence. There's so many moments where I was just like, why, why does it look this way? And it's just unacceptable, to be perfectly honest. And I was listening to Kate Shortland speak in an interview recently, the director of the film, and she said she hasn't looked at or touched the movie in a year. So basically, she had Disney was probably just like about to release it when the it's pandemic the hit. They're yeah, they're like it's done, it's finished. You don't need to look at it. It's fine. But like in reality, they had a whole year to like take 
a little extra time. And also going, this is the next time we're inviting people back in the theaters. This is good enough. It's like, well, why don't we take, like, let's take some more time. Let's yeah. throw whatever, a couple million dollars to Disney, whatever, like, just to, like, sharpen it up a bit. Like, hey, that scene didn't look so good. I will say, the one thing I will say is I was, I had played the trailer for us recording this. And I will say, on my laptop screen with the digital format, some of that stuff looked a little better. When I, so the second time I watched it, my wife and I purchased it for through premium access on Disney plus second viewing. I watched through Disney plus on my television here at home. And then I came upstairs and watched it on my computer screen. I was going to say the exact same thing. Those scenes didn't look as bad when they weren't on a, a Dolby. To be fair, we did screen. see it in one of the best formats. You we can did. see it. Um, yeah. But it, there is something about the smaller red. Like once you lower the resolution, right. it clears up, cleans up, yeah, quite a bit. It did. Um, and okay. so, and and I had similar problems with Civil War. I think Civil War overall has just better ideas going on. And it also has like eighteen characters to play with, with all these different powers and stuff. Yeah. But there are some like egregiously bad stuff in Civil War that especially looks with like better. Tony and and yeah, Rhodey. Tony's head is floating. He's yeah. like, I don't want to get in the suit anymore. I'm not getting in a suit. Just put my head on a CG Iron Man outfit. So, so question for you guys: Do you think it's possible that they optimized it in some way for the small screen because it was PVOD? Is it possible that they could? Would that make the theatrical worse? No, they canned it. It would be the same. It was done. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they get a lot of like they know they have the Disney Plus series, so they know it's going to have a streaming format eventually. But it could be yeah. that you know this amount of people are going to see it in film, and and I mean that's what happens with like if you took you know a video game that was at like two K resolution and you blew it up to a theater size, it would look grainy and you know not as polished and smeary. Yeah. Whereas when you lower the resolution, right, and, and as and the really the DPI is what you're looking at, which is the pixels per inch. Um, with CG, that's very important. Whereas, like, you shoot on like film, like f- classic film, like thirty-five millimeter is like eight K resolution. It's like ten K, eight K. It's some some crazy number because it's blown up that big. Yeah. Uh, whereas when you're using digital effects, there's all sorts of formatting and conversion. Anyway, we're getting really in the weeds. <laughs> what we didn't talk about, and what what I, I do want to mention because uh, we are running long, is Taskmaster. Yes, he's uh, that. <laughs> they they are in this film. <laughs> And uh, this was the one where I came out going, um, they made Taskmaster, uh, who is a like kind of a Spider-Man-esque villain as far as like quippy, witty. He's kind of a, a mouth-off, sarcastic character who's uh, pretty jokey, uh, also menacing, but kind of a, kind of a heel. And uh, they made him a mute woman. And I was like, fans aren't going to love this. And I don't love it either. But not because they they made it a, a mute woman. I, I'm mad because it's just a nothing burger of a character. There is some tie-in, but what? Uh, before I ramble on too much, uh, Brian, not knowing anything about the Taskmaster, I'd yeah. say you're probably the coldest going in. I have experience from the Spider-Man TV shows and and from uh, playing the Marvel games and stuff. But uh, your your reaction to? I I thought it was well done. So. Hearing you guys talk about the Taskmaster before, I'm not sure if you guys said he, but I I did also assume it was a man, probably because of my biases. But probably because it's a stocky fucker with a skull face. <laughs> yeah, it's very ambiguous with the with the yeah, uh, costume but, that yeah. they're wearing. Looks but, like Batman. Uh, I don't know if it's Batman, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I could see it. I could see. There's it. a lot of armor plating. Definitely armor plating. What I liked about it is 
Scarlett Johansson has always talked about having read on her ledger, which I think they even repeat in this movie, but we never have really seen the difficult decisions. You use it in like a joking term. Go yeah. back to favorite moments when Alexi's yeah. saying, like, he's dripping. I you have killed, <laughs> yeah. Both of you have killed so many people. I'm right. so proud of you. <laughs> so to incorporate her getting out of the game, finding eventually her new family with the Avengers and having to kill a child to do that with the themes of what this movie is doing, I thought that was some of the strongest stuff and a good reveal that um, maybe I should have seen coming more so than I did, but I, I really didn't, and I thought it I thought it played pretty well. Yeah, I think it's not bad, but I think I'm having this fanboy moment of, but did you have to use Taskmaster? <laughs> did <laughs> yeah. you have to burn uh, that card? That's yeah. part of the reveal. That's like, it's a misdirect for the people who are familiar. Yeah, right? I mean, obviously I'm not like super fanboy about it. It's like, well, it's fine. It didn't upset me. It didn't make me upset, but I'm also like, I like winning Taskmaster. Let's say this. None of us brought it up in our favorite moments, so no. there is that to be no. said. Yeah. No, and I and I agree with Christian that you know the the character itself is kind of milk toast, and I agree with Christian that the character itself is kind of milk toast, but um, yeah, I guess I'm I'm probably right between both of you, or probably more a little aligned with Christian, and then I really do like what they did with Antonia is what they're calling Taskmaster instead of Anthony or or Anthony the the character's original name is Anthony Masters and he's like a uh, defected shield agent who got the super soldier serum and he has this like they they call it it's not uh, photographic memory it's photographic reflexes basically so he can mimic um, anybody's movement just by watching them once and what they broke it down to here in the film is that they changed it to Drakoff's daughter who they named Antonia and instead of it being like a physical skill that she has she basically has a computer brain like after natasha blew up the little girl drakov went in and essentially turned her into his greatest weapon and i agree with christian in that it was cool to see taskmaster in the mcu i really do like the design of the costume i think it's translated pretty well super badass they did have to tone down the skull portion of his head for like chinese audiences like they you can't have skulls i guess it's like a like a bad omen in china um but overall, the costume is really well adapted. It's just, it, it, I was talking to Brian during our break. A lot of fans are viewing this as kind of another Mandarin moment from Iron Man 3, where it's like, why did it have to be this character? You know, like, couldn't you have created a new character or, like, found something else? You know, and, and are we going to get a moment a decade from now where Kevin Feige's like, that wasn't the real Taskmaster. Right. Here's the real Taskmaster. And it's more like, like Anthony Masters from the comic books. But... Overall, in the narrative of the movie, if we're just talking about like the contained narrative here, I do think the twist works well. Yeah, it's just uh, I think the a little Mandarin disappointing works I guess. better because it is it is such a it's so funny. I don't mind the Mandarin. I you know? love the I Mandarin love the Mandarin. Mandarin. I like Iron Man three. I know a lot of people don't like Iron Man three, but that didn't bother me very much, even though I I knew the source material. Yeah, it doesn't. I think it bothers me on two levels. It's that Taskmaster is like kind of a funny villain which they don't get like a ton of there's not a ton of in the marvel they're usually very self-serious and taskmaster is a cool like basically evil spider-man and this one's just mute and this one's (laughs) literally mute um and i think also so it bothers me on that level and then it also bothers me because taskmaster is like very capable yes and so to be put up against a bunch of regular humans and i guess like even alexi who's a super soldier doesn't even really fight him and it's just kind of like feels a little wasted i mean like taskmaster has like a crossbow or like a bow and arrow or something and 
like he throws Captain America's shield and it just feel like to the point of not having super interesting set pieces for my money. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's really used a lot. And the whole like learned your moves thing is kind of brought up in the first engagement and then not really addressed. And so it's kind of like they just show it. You wasted yeah. the, the literally the the spectacle part and kind of the character of Taskmaster to have this subversion. You know me, I'm a Last Jedi fanboy. I'm all for subversion. I just feel like um, more so than even the Mandarin. It's like, but then what are you going to do when you want to have an interesting, funny villain? It's like you had a great one and you burned it on a mute woman. It's like you could have literally just had a, a thing that we thought was a robot. And I, I, well, <laughs> I will say this. Be true. Yeah. So I will say this. Okay, they, they've done... Um, gender bending before when mm. it comes to villains ghost was originally a man in the comic books it has nothing i want to be very clear and i wanted to be very no, clear no, 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 no. i have no problem with taskmaster being a woman that's not what i'm saying just like be have to be a funny woman which right. do exist and i'm i'm, I'm getting <laughs> i'm getting to that so by the end of the movie taskmaster has also or antonia has also been freed from mm. this chemical mind control meaning that if they were to bring antonia back and taskmaster back in like a thunderbolts-esque miniseries or movie or whatever you're gonna do they could make her quippy it's just she wasn't speaking she has at all so many quips from being blown up as a child i know she's just like really dark <laughs> she comes from a really dark place and that's made her very cynical and she's just like really uh she's sarcastic sure. Sure. you know they could potentially do that yeah. i could see that happening uh the reason she didn't talk here is because she's mind controlled the entire movie but there, there is a way to like get us to that quippy taskmaster. I think it would be a little jarring, maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I think it's possible if that's something that they want to do. And she doesn't die, so she is another kind of like anti-hero esque mm. character that could potentially join the Thunderbolts. But Definitely we'll has see. a chip on her shoulder, I'd imagine. Yeah, without a doubt. So yeah, it could be cool. All right, any final thoughts on Black Widow? I just want to say it was even though this isn't my favorite Marvel movie, like I said, kind of middle of the road, just being in the theater, Christian setting off a chain of that was great. insane applause, just feeling that tension. Uh, we said it about F9, but it's like, this is what it means to have this sort of experience at the cinema. Yeah, collectively. Communal, a communal experience. I agree. And it was a communal. It, it was okay. Yeah, a, right. A, collect, a collective <laughs> sigh from all of us. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I... But that's part of it. Exactly. And it was highlighted. It was, like, a better experience for it, you know? A hundred percent. Which movie... I do... Sorry to interrupt again, Brian. Which movie did you like more, F9 or Black Widow? (sighs) I liked them equal. I I really enjoyed going to see them both. Okay. Um, I think it's weird... Well, it's not weird. I'm going to say this. The character beats are way better in the Marvel movie. They felt much more genuine. Although they are such similar movies and I'll get into that in final thoughts. But like, I think the action in F9 is more innovative and the innovative CG is still bad. I think the CG is bad in both of them. Uh, but I think there's a lot more funny, actual genuine character beats happening in this one. I think I had more fun with F9 personally. I think it, it nails its tone much more consistently. Sure. Um, and I, it would get into spoilers, but I think the emotional moments because of even though Scarlett Johansson has a lot of backstory, we have so many established characters with arcs that even though it's not super deep, it gets to a place where it's like, oh, we're, we've culminated in mm-hmm. F9 in a way that Black yeah. Widow doesn't feel that way. Okay. Obviously, I would choose Black Widow, but like, <laughs> I'm just not as big a, a fan of the, the Fast franchise. Sure. But I, I completely understand both of those perspectives. 
without a doubt. Back to your final thoughts, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, I I feel bad. Like I I don't want to trash this movie. I you know, if you like Marvel movies, you're going to to find things to enjoy here. The CG didn't take me out of it as much, so maybe would you guys recommend seeing it on the small smaller screen first? If there's more than a couple people, I'd say if you're if you have a great theater, like go to theater. You're yeah, vac- you know, you're vaccinated or feel comfortable, do it. I will say it probably will look better on Disney Plus. So if you have a group of it's people wild. you're going to watch it with, it probably looks better on a digital format. If you, if you have a good home entertainment system, I think you could watch it. The sound in Dolby was great. It was. And I enjoyed it. And these movies have excellent sound. There's a moment where the helicopter's tail flies right to left on the screen and you heard that perfect like three-dimensional audio, 7.1 sound, sound system. Yeah, that was cool definitely nothing to shake a stick at very cool yeah you can't recreate that at home usually yeah so that is nice i would say if you're if you're if you do like good sound and you don't have a great sound system it's always worth it for that but i do think the digital effects will look better on a smaller screen agreed chris any final thoughts like we said this is kind of a middle of the road marvel movie and we've already talked about like where we think you should view it and I, I don't really have anything to add. But the most visceral Marvel movie. I do. I, I'm still going to hold fast hold, to that. Stick into it. Again, I don't know if like your eight-year-old should watch this Marvel movie. I don't know if an eight-year-old should watch any Marvel movie. I'm going to put not. that out there, Chris. Maybe not. <laughs> Even a 10-year-old. I don't, I don't know. But uh, I, think you, I, I think if you were to take a younger child to this movie, you will be having some conversations after the movie about certain things. I agree that there are, especially the... It puts, child, it puts child abduction into the minds of children. Like, oh, okay, yeah. this ob- this exists yeah. in the world. You're telling me that I could be abducted? Go to Nancy Grace, though. Who uh, I think are my parents might just give me away. Right. right. Are my parents Barn- Russian are my, sleeper yeah, agents? Are my parents even my parents? Uh, there will be some that conversations. I agree. I also have, like, oh, it's funny because I understand the context and it totally makes sense why you're bringing this up now, but always, like, and I don't know what it's going to be like when I'm a parent and whatever, but I would always be like, would I show my kid a Marvel movie? No, not until they're 13. Like, these movies are fucking violent. Right. Yeah. True. And they're they're not uh, perfectly black and white for the better, I think. I think it makes them better films, but, uh, yeah, there'd be very few. I think 11 or 12, I think, is acceptable, depending on which one it is. Let's have some kids and find out. Yeah. Together. Let's do it. <laughs> 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 Uh, for my final thoughts, you know, um, there, it's this movie's fine. <laughs> it's a fine movie. <laughs> I'm excited to be back in the theater watching Marvel movies. That, that that's a, It was cool. I wanted to be fair. When we were watching it, the Marvel credits were like, I wanted to woo the entire time, but I was like, don't distract the audience. Don't. But then it got quiet, and I was like, can't contain it. <laughs> and I'm glad that you did. It was fun. It was a fun moment. Um, but yeah, that's it. It's pretty much been on the Black Widow. I'm, I'm interested to rewatch it in a digital format. Uh, so let's go downstairs and, and do that. About that time? It's about that time. All right. If you want to find more of us on the internet, you can find us. Uh, we have a link down below, a tree of links to all our social media. We also do video content on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, so check that out. That's all at Popaholics or wherever it is in the link tree. I don't know. We got a lot of stuff. If you want to question, comment, or concern, uh, popaholicscast at gmail.com. Email us there. We read every single email that we receive. Chris, what are we talking about next week? Christian, next week, the Loki series on disney plus is going to be concluding so we are going to be talking about that series as a whole very excited to dive into that conversation been enjoying that watch a couple episodes on a plane and we'll we'll also have james barnes and vash from uh seaforest villains returning to help us break it down very exciting stuff looking forward to that gentlemen where can people find more of your work on the internet 
Loyal listeners, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Conkling, talking about all things nerdy, comic books, movies, television, video games, collectibles. If it's nerdy, I'm talking about it. Yep. Sorry. And you can find me at True Papaholic for all of the dad jokes your heart desires. And you can find my band at Midnight Satire uh, on Spotify, Apple Music. A lot of cool stuff coming out this way. Chris and Brian debuting in a music video. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's going to be a little ways away. It's going to be at least uh, three to four months or something. We'll exclusive there. But uh, should be dropping singles from that in about about a month and a half if my uh, calculations are correct so very, very exciting stuff. officially i haven't heard any of these masters but if i had <laughs> they're sounding absolutely excellent yes for fans of uh, sad boy music uh so look forward to that and we look forward to delivering another exciting episode of Pop.